Next on BYU Sports Nation, down goes another quarterback and down go the Cougars in Logan. What now? Steve Young and Blaine Fowler join us. What's the quarterback situation now? And will BYU go to a bowl game? Plus, your number one concern within the state of BYU football. Group therapy, anyone? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Saturday. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. September 30th. Again, on a Saturday. Yeah. Following a BYU loss. Come rain or shine, it does not matter. We are here, wherever and however you are dialed in. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with my favorite sports psychologist, Jerem Jordan. I'm not going to do that for you. One, because I'm tired of it. (laughs) Four-game losing streak. But also, a shout-out to everybody in their pajamas right now. Cooking pancakes, eggs, bacon, sausage, the cool parents cooking the, uh, the good food. This this is the yeah yeah the cool parents the real MVP is is the parent who doesn't wake you up yet cooks your food and then my mom would be like like at nine fifty five she'd be like hey conference is about to start <laughs> I'd be like thank you for here not is all of this delicious food to yeah. eat oh my, my, mom's dad the real MVPs I need this show Jerem you I, need this show I every re- hour I really do no let's well, let's till the top of the hour particularly today I just want to talk it out. We need to talk about this is the live edition, okay? This is the the general conference pregame show, if you will. A lot to discuss after last night's game against Utah State, that's for sure. Yeah, we will need a lot longer than an hour to try and discuss everything that is happening within the state of BYU football. But we've got an hour, so we're going to do our best to pick out those headliners. And that brings us to today's headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football suffering their fourth loss of the season in five games. Last night at Utah State, 40-24, BYU turns the ball over seven times. What? Been a while since they've done that. More on that in just a moment. Both Bo Hodge and Butch Pau left the game early due to injuries. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake says he likes the way the defense is playing, but obviously... He's disappointed with the loss. It's just unfortunate that our defense, I thought, played well. You know, and, and um, gosh, I, I, don't, I don't know all the stats, but I'll, I'll look at it and evaluate the film. And um, golly, just yeah. <clears throat> wish we had this one again. But, you know, that's not how it works. Got to move on to the next one. That is the reality for BYU football. You get one shot. You didn't well, take care of business. Eminem said. And now it's on to the next. Yeah, but we are not moving on to the next. We will break down the Utah State game, the quarterback situation, and is BYU going to a bowl game? Those are the things we have to discuss today, and Steve Young and Blaine Fowler are on the program. NFL insider Adam Schefter tweeted that Jamal Williams of the Green Bay Packers, former Cougar, his MRI results came back negative, no ligament damage, purely muscular in his knee. At most, he will miss one game. So that's good news. Yeah, some good news, Jerem. Thank you. You're doing what I hoped you would do, at least to some degree, even if it's inadvertent. I'll be honest. I'm not going to give you a whole lot of good news today, <laughs> so don't get used to it. 
Other BYU players in action this weekend in the NFL include Kyle Van Noy, Harvey Longy, and the Patriots. New England will take on the Carolina Panthers. Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints take on John Denny and the Miami Dolphins. And don't forget Bronson Kafusi, who just might start. Dennis Pitta told us that yesterday with the Baltimore Ravens when they take on longtime rival the Pittsburgh Steelers and Kainakua, Jordan Leslie, and the Cleveland Browns take on their rival, the Cincinnati Bengals. Women's soccer team lost its West Coast Conference home opener, or the opener overall, to San Diego 2-1. That snapped a 22-game home conference win streak. It was the first loss at home in league since 2011. So, more great news. <laughs> Hear him. Come on, man. I did. Hey, I don't decide what headlines come in here. Ninth-ranked BYU women's volleyball plays at 17th-ranked San Diego, a showdown of the top two teams in West Coast Conference play. Obviously, both in the top 20, huge contest and road test for Heather Olmstead's squad at 3 p.m. Eastern. Good luck to the ladies. Rise and shout. Just do it. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU football frustration. Annoyance, exasperation, irritation. All relevant feelings at all levels across BYU Sports Nation. Here's the reality. BYU football loses to Utah State for the third time in eight years. BYU is 1-4 right now for just the third time since 1973, which happened That's to be crazy. Lavelle Edwards' second season. That's crazy. The Cougars have played three different quarterbacks in five games this year and will likely play a fourth. More on that later. BYU had a 21-7 lead in the second quarter and were outscored 33-3 to finish the game. Oh, and BYU turned the ball over seven times. So, yes. Thank you for that news. Your frustration (laughs) is validated. Here's the thing. If you think you are frustrated, I want you to listen to head coach Kalani Satake. Not in the post game, but at halftime. Yeah, offense don't screw it up because our defense can stop them, you know. So uh, everything that they have, we've given to them. So that's frustrating. Just play clean football. Well, I think we can run the ball. We established that we have the edge on the line of scrimmage. With the score doesn't say so, but we need to take advantage of that in the next 30 minutes. Offense don't screw it up because the defense can stop them. I never say anything positive when I'm up at this level. So there was some obvious frustration. And, and, and ob- the fan base, uh, the players, the coaches, the staff, everyone's really frustrated right now. No one wants to be one and four. Because, Spencer, there is no sign, greater sign, of failure within a season for BYU than losing to Utah State. 2010, one and four, the low point of the year at Utah State. 2014, you're four and oh. Taysom Hill gets hurt, you lose to Utah State. The beginning of the end of the dream independent season. And now here we sit in 2017. We thought the low point was last week again against Wisconsin. BYU loses to Utah State, and the low point of the season uh, is losing to the Aggies today, tonight, last night. Roughly, it's, it's rough. It's rough. It's a rough time right now. We talked about DEFCON a week ago. It went from DEFCON 3 to 2 last night. Understandably. And about 30 minutes before Kalani Satake did that halftime interview, how excited was all of social media within BYU fandom? The Cougars enjoying the high moment of the season within any game. 
A lead in the second quarter. Up 21 to 7 with the ball. I believe Corbin Kafusi had just blocked a field goal, right? Yeah. So a second quarter lead has been the peak. That's nice. I listen, Bo Hodge gets hurt in that game. Changes everything. No official word. It looked like a concussion, not to mention something with his foot or ankle. So we'll see. Tanner so Tanner Mangum out until we don't know when. Bo Hodge You'd think if if he did indeed uh, suffer a concussion, it would be tough to play this upcoming week against Boise State. They don't mess around with that stuff, and they shouldn't. Boyd Etmer didn't show you anything that makes you want to go back to him. Uh, so is Joe Critchlow the guy at quarterback? We'll talk about that a little bit more later. Um, th- this is tough. BYU loses to Utah State. Seven turnovers. Seven. Tur- I thought the defense played well enough to win. Seven turnovers. BYU hadn't lost a fumble until last night, and then they lost three. And they the defense held Utah State to under 300 yards of total offense. There's mostly winning numbers, but if you have seven takeaways as a defense, oh my goodness, and two pick sixes, Jalen Davis with three picks, two pick sixes, you are going to lose. It's too bad Ula Tolutau didn't hang on to the rock those two times because he had a tremendous game, rushed for over 100 yards. We called that yesterday, by the way, that he would get 20-plus carries. I thought he'd get... Close to a hundred, if not over a hundred. So that's disappointing. BYU's in this game for a long time, but couldn't move the rock. And now they got a serious situation. There are serious issues at quarterback, and Boise State and Mississippi State are looming. BYU is in serious a serious issue of uh, maybe not making a bowl game this year if they can't figure something out at quarterback. I thought BYU had owned the line of scrimmage, rushed close for close to five yards of carry last night, rushed for two hundred plus. They did a lot of things really well last night. But offensively, like Kalani said at halftime, the offense has got to be better, man. And if Bo Hodge plays the whole game there, I really like BYU's chances of winning that game. I thought he was looking really good. And people say, well, he threw a pick six right before he went out. Doesn't matter. Still had a seven-point lead, by the way. He was the guy that took snaps for two weeks. He was the guy that had the keys to the car and was driving it, man. So now we don't know how long he's out if he's out. I'm, if he had a concussion, and is that his first of the season? Question mark. Um, that's that's tough, right? Protocol typically is the earliest somebody can come back if it is of you any miss significance. At least you a miss game, at least a game, generally. So we yes. don't know for sure what it is. Um, but yeah, the, you lose Utah State. You're one and four. It's not like the schedule eases up. Eases no, up because you play Boise State and then at, at Mississippi State. One and six is a reality. Yes. It's that, a potential reality. I would say that's a probability unless something crazy happens. The Cougars are going to be tasked with beating Boise State or Mississippi State to avoid a 1-6 and six start. Who plays quarterback when Boise State and BYU run onto the field six days from now on a Friday night under the lights at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? That's just one of the questions... <laughs> that we have in the back of our collective minds as we roll out today's Twitter question. What is your number one concern about BYU football right now? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At BRoyalBlueCoog, can they keep their heart and fight? This is a discouraging season so far, but still has potential to end 9-4. and four. Do they believe it? I'm not in the 9-4 and four, uh, wagon. I'm in the make-a-bowl-game spot now. This isn't about Tanner Mangum. It's about Bo Hodge. Yes. Once Bo Hodge went down, it changed Everything. the game and the season. 
It changed everything. Injuries can change everything, especially when it's your quarterback. Two of them. What program has a third-string guy that's ready to come in and make a difference? Generally, your third string is not ready, might not even be on scholarship. And I know that there are some of you out there that will say, well, what about this situation? Or what about this? Outliers. Give give me some outliers. Outliers. I'm talking regular situations where a third string comes in and is an effective player. Coy Detmer did his darndest to do his best last night. He tried to make plays. And it wasn't happening. BYU kept fumbling. He's throwing picks. Some of those are on him, right? Uh, Some Utah State's making nice plays. It's it's really frustrating right now. It really is. The the nice thing is the schedule eases up later, but guess what? That's not for two games. You have Boise State, Mississippi State, and you're one and four. There's a real sense of desperation and vulnerability right now. And we thought it was bad last week. It's even worse today because you didn't lose to a Power 5 ranked team. You lost to Utah State, who has hardly beat you since the Pioneers rolled in here from in the wagons from the what? West. I don't care who you are playing. If you turn the ball over seven times, oh, forget about it. You're not going to win the game. If you are minus six in turnover margin, Boise State won a Utah won a game against BYU last year. Minus when three the, when they turned it over six times. Minus three though, <laughs> yeah. And and Boise State was minus five. BYU was minus six. If BYU is minus three in the game, I think BYU might have won. For real, said it's my, but who cares? That doesn't even matter. <laughs> Which takes us to our stat of the day, Jerem. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Last time BYU had seven turnovers in a game was that uh, infamous 2011 game with Utah. (laughs) What was that? Coughing it up? Is that what you're saying? 54-10 loss to Utah in 2011. That was the last time BYU had seven. So, yeah. You know what this season reminds me of thus far? I don't even know where you're going to go here because there's a lot of options. We love movies, right? Yeah. I remember hearing about the new Indiana Jones movie with Shia LaBeouf and Harrison Ford is back. Indiana yeah, yeah. Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. And I love Indiana Jones. Oh. I, I love, was so excited. I love 80s Indiana Jones. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> to, my, to my point. <laughs> I love non-refrigerator uh, n- nuclear bombs unrealistic <laughs> scenes. The... F- <laughs> The more and more I watched of that movie, I started to think, this is not even close to what I had hoped it would be. I yeah. feel like that has been the BYU football season thus far. So excited. So much optimism to start. And now it's just not its not turning out the way that we thought it would. It's not. Coming up, Steve Young on the quarterback situation and Blaine Fowler on what now? Who will be the next quarterback for BYU? We'll discuss that as well. Stay with us on BYU Sports Nation. It is Countdown to Conference. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. This is Countdown to Conference. We are live on a Saturday morning. Follow us on the Twitter machine at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag B-Y-U-S-N. Every Tuesday is a super Tuesday here. That's because you have three hours of fun programming. Six Eastern time, BYU Sports Nation's re-air. Seven Eastern after further review where the guys break down the film. And then at eight Eastern, one hour with Kalani Satake, the head coach. A lot to discuss coming up Tuesday night. Starts at six Eastern. Goes all the way until nine Eastern, baby. What is your number one concern about BYU football right now? 
at DevonCK22 tweets in, the fan base. I wouldn't expect the players to give up the grind even now, and I wish the fans were held to the same standard. It's tough to be a fan on a day like today. Oh, sure. I'm not going to question whether someone's on or off the wagon, whatever you want to do. Everybody we'll, we'll displays every their frustration and passion in different ways, right? Sure. It's, it's part of our makeup as individuals. So, yeah, it, it's an interesting – it's just tough to be a fan on a day like today. You're one in four. Man, I wish I had like 10 hours of amazing programming coming up from the LDS church. I know. It would be a <laughs> perfect time for that. Also, we could use some Uncle B in Studio B, and what do you know? He was there. We have that, too. Blaine Fowler, a guy who played quarterback for BYU, was part of a national championship team, and was in Logan to watch everything unfold last night. Joins us now. Blaine, thanks for waking up early on Saturday morning. Hello, Blaine. Hey, guys. After a if, long trip hey, if, home. If my eyes are red, it's not because I was crying. It's because I only got a few hours of sleep. <laughs> it, it, it was a long drive home. Not... I feel bad for the players on those buses because, um, you know, it was really – you talk about a long ride when you're not happy and you had a bad game, but then when the Department of Transportation decides to take I-15 and go down to one lane, so those buses – On the biggest weekend in Logan all year. So, so I don't know, 30,000 people maybe driving home from Logan, and you you get off from Brigham City and get on to I-15, and then you sit in traffic – at late at night, I took it took over three hours to drive home last night. We were right behind the team buses, so yeah. Somebody sound the Price is Right loser horn right I now. I know it was bum, like bum, oh. bum, bum, bum. <laughs> it, it was rubbing salt in it. I'll tell you, it wasn't good. Well, give us an idea of what it was like in that stadium as as you know, Bo Hodge gets hurt and BYU has actually had a fourteen point lead in that game, and then seven turnovers happen, and the wagon wheel goes back to Utah State. It was interesting because I, I, I talked to to uh, Micah Hanneman after the game on air and his attitude was much like a lot of the guys I talked to and they said we never felt like we couldn't come back and win that thing until the very last turnover they felt like we're going to overcome this we're going to overcome this we're going to overcome this the defense just kept going out there and slugging it out and I mean it's hard to overcome a minus two in turnover margin uh, night against anybody, let alone a minus six. Minus six? Minus six is just ridiculous. And On the and, road. And I know. It's so so it's very, very frustrating. And so yeah, I have to step back and look at it and say, you know, what What do I think about this football team? I would be more frustrated if they went up to Utah State and I thought, man, they just got pushed around by Utah State. Now what are they going to do? Like, they can't even compete physically with Utah State. Well, that's not the case. They manhandled Utah State. They beat the heck out of them on both sides of the line of scrimmage. After I watched the Wisconsin game, I went back and watched the film of the Wisconsin game, and I went, oh, man, that's we can't compete with those guys right now. If we played them 100 times, unless they were minus six in turnover margin. On the road. On the, we, we probably <laughs> wouldn't beat Wisconsin. But that's okay because I'm thinking, but that's the best football team I've seen come into, into Lavelle Edwards Stadium in years and years and years, maybe ever, and it's a legit top 10 team. So that's okay. That's where BYU wants to be. I'm okay with that. Um, but I wouldn't be okay if they went up to Logan. I'm not okay that they turned the ball over seven times, but I would be really, really concerned if they went up there and they weren't physically better than that football team. I mean, BYU probably wins last night minus three. And Aaron Jordan just said saying. that. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was and, so, and so you think, wait, so BYU wasn't a better football team last night because Utah State was really opportunistic, and they had takeaways. And you know what? Give them credit. They've done that two weeks in a row now. Is that going to be their identity? Are they going to be the team that flies to the football and knocks the ball to the ground? And 
that would be fantastic if they did. I root for Utah State when they're not playing BYU, obviously. So you got to give them some credit because this is two weeks that they've done this. Um, but you also have to remember that BYU is playing their number three quarterback who hasn't had very many reps. I feel bad for Coy Detmer because that is a really difficult situation to be in. You've got a, a running back who's the feature guy who's not that far removed from a mission who puts the ball on the ground a couple times, who, by the way, when he wasn't fumbling it, was dominating just running over the top of people. BYU's offensive line was manhandling Utah State's front up front. So I walk away from it, and I go, okay, they, they got to clean it up. I get really discouraged when I feel like there's things that they can't fix. You can fix the pension to turn it over. You can work with Ula and say, hey, you got to have the point can't, can't be coming out the back. The thing has to be high and tight. When you get in traffic, you have to go two hands. You can work with your number three quarterback who may now be your number one quarterback by getting him more reps and saying, don't throw it into here. Do you see what you did here? I mean, I, I really feel like Bo Hodge, from his last appearance to this appearance, was significantly better when he had a chance to be the guy for a couple of weeks and learn. Um, he still threw a ball in on an interception that was a bad decision. And veteran quarterbacks are going to make a few bad decisions. But Coy was in a really, really difficult situation uh, to not have the reps because they had to give the reps as many as they could to Bo to get him ready. And you're just rolling the dice that he's going to stay healthy, and then he doesn't. It, it's kind of a no-win situation. And so I look at it and I go, are the things fixable? Yeah, they can they can take care of turnovers. They can do a better job. Um, and it wasn't a physical thing. It wasn't that they weren't physically able to compete. And for the rest of the schedule, they match up just fine physically with Boise State. They can't turn it over and be minus two or three. They they don't match up so good with Mississippi State. So that they're going to have to go do to Mississippi State what Utah State did to them last night. Good good luck. Yeah, good luck with that. Half right? of that. But Mississippi State's got a really veteran quarterback that's going to take care of the ball in Nick Fitzgerald. So – it's it's you have got to go out and, and win the games now that you're supposed to win where you'll be physically superior and you get to a bowl game and that's what you play for. These guys will continue to grind. And, you know, we just saw the quarterback depth chart if you're watching on television. Um, and, and you didn't see it if you're listening on the radio. But um, that's my biggest concern is what are they going to do now? It, you know, I would think the default is Coy's had the most reps. And so they've, they've got to get him ready to play. And then we heard Kalani comment about um, last night about what do they do? They maybe take Joe Critchlow's red shirt it off. Sounds like that's the direction they're going to go. Yeah. So let's talk about what's on the table right now from a quarterback standpoint for BYU. There are, I believe, four options. One, stick with Coy Detmer, who is your third stringer. Two, take Joe Critchlow off of his red shirt, which he was slated for the entire 2017 season, and give him a go against Boise State. Austin Kofensis running the Wildcats. He's, he's not uh, Austin Kofensis is just a package guy. He's not a regular quarterback. Just so everybody knows, that's just a package. They, they, they want to put Austin out on the field to take advantage of how unbelievably athletic he is. And we saw him five rushes, twenty three yards, and, and he turned the ball over. Yes. you know he put one on the ground after after a big run after he made a couple of people miss. But the idea with him was. Let's use his athleticism, not to put a full package in for him and have him be the every-down guy. That never was the plan. Um, outside of Bushman in fall camp, the most impressive person to me was Joe Critchlow, the biggest surprise. Wow. Where, where you go, whoa, where did this guy come from? He seems to have poise. He's got good pocket presence. He can make every throw on the field. He seems to be a poised kind of a guy. Um, but you wanted to be able to take him fresh off of a mission and redshirt him. And have him develop. I really felt like he was a guy that could be the guy. He he was a big star in fall camp. Um, 
this last week they wanted a little bit better look for the defense. They put him over and had him run the prep offense, and he was throwing the ball all over the place on BYU's defense. Well, what's interesting, you walked in to our offices a couple of days before last night's game and said, hey, mark my words, Joe Critchlow's a player. He's a player. I didn't think we were going to be talking about maybe he has to be a player this year. I was just saying, man, I'm just watching this kid, and he's really skilled. It's too soon for him to have to play. You want to be able to season him. It was was too soon for Coy to have to play last night. So is Coy the guy against Boise? I, I I think he's... They didn't build a package for him last night. They built a package for Bo last night, you know. So can they build some things? Can they get him out on the edges where he can see a little bit better? Um, going to get him in, in you know, because I feel like Ty just barely made a, a change in his mind of what are we going to do offensively to take advantage of Bo Hodge's skill set. And I thought they did a good job of that. You know, they put 21 points on the board, boom, boom, boom. But Four, 14. 14. Yeah. yeah, true. 14. But they, but they, seven will give to Micah, right? Hey, 14 was more than your average. Right. 9.8. Right. And he looked comfortable out there and he looked like he was in command. Um, and, but they didn't build a package last night for Coy Detmer. And so now they have to build a package for him. And I think he's got the most experience. Um, you know, maybe they take a look at Joe because they don't have to pull his redshirt year until he plays in a game, right? So they can say, let's take a good hard look at him this this week in practice in the offense with the ones and twos. And if he's phenomenal and head and shoulders better, then you really have to take a serious look at it and maybe consider it. Now, how about this as the fourth option? Talked about three. Is there any way that Tanner Mangum is like, I've seen enough. I have just got to get on the field against Boise State. Is there any chance that he convinces his coaches to let him play against Boise State? Well, like State? convincing his uh, ankles, right? Yeah, it's he's he's pretty hobbled still, and and you know he was in a boot. Um, I he threw in practice this last week. You know he 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 had, he had a big brace on. He had it taped up, so not very mobile. So he was just on the sidelines. He wasn't out running and dropping with guys flying around because they don't want. That would be a terrible thing for him to have somebody roll on his ankle. So he didn't let anybody near him. But over on the sideline, he was throwing to keep sharp, you know, not putting a ton of weight on that. It's his, it's his front foot, so it's his stride foot, not his plant foot. doesn't take as much pressure. But he, he just – it's too early for him right now. Does he have a miraculous improvement this week? The thing about high ankle sprains is you just don't know, like, how long they're going to take. Could he feel better and play this week? I mean, there's possibility he could, but there's also possibility it could linger on for another couple of weeks. And so you can't plan on that. Uh, Tanner's a competitor. I wouldn't be surprised if he says, hey, just tape this thing up. I'll go play with a club foot. Seems like he would say that. Yeah, and so, he, you know, but you want to make sure he's healthy. You want to err on the side of him being healthy because he can be your guy for a long time. But um, so – that's the biggest issue for me, and it's about not turning the football over because the defense is good enough to keep them in the game next week against Boise State, and they just have to get enough offense to, you know, to to help out. And and I thought that they had that in control when they were up twenty-one-seven. I was going, this is going to be a fifty to fourteen football game. That's how dominating they look. Yeah, Utah State under three hundred yards of total offense. Yeah. So with all those extra turnovers. Yeah, when when you look at it. Typically, when I see a 40-point score, I associate that with 500 yards plus of total offense. When you put 40 on the board, you get 500 yards. I don't associate it with 3.9 yards per play. No. And, and BYU, with almost 396 yards of total offense, you typically don't get to 400 yards when you turn it over seven times. So when BYU wasn't turning it over, 
they were pretty efficient. They they manhandled people at the line of scrimmage. They were getting big chunks of yardage. Um, they they told us, you know, Ty told us in the pregame that he was going to um, attack that Utah State defense. That they were going to go over the top. We saw one of the best catches I've seen in a couple of oh, years. Oh, Bo Tanner and awesome. Bo Tanner's. I think that was the number one play in Sports Center. It was last night. Last night. So there's a positive. A blocked field goal kick as well. Yep. They, hey. So they, I thought that I thought, <laughs> yeah, the, the offense Please. took the offense took strides forward last night in terms of every down execution, and they took a huge step backward in ball security. Yeah, yeah. So and they so you can't you can't you can't have both. So against Boise State with a quarterback situation unsettled, can they take care of the football and then continue to expand that run game like they did? Last night, that's the key. I think that I still think this is a good defensive football team. Now, what's interesting is BYU comes home in 2010, one and four, against the San Diego State team that I believe won nine games that year, and was pretty stinking good, flirting with the rankings, and found a way to beat them just by ball control and ball security, and hashtag replaygate. Yeah, but, I was going to say, yeah, wait a minute, exactly. what? what? <laughs> But I, still hear, that- I still hear about that when I'm down like in San Diego doing a basketball game. They go, yeah, your guys, we got ripped off of <laughs> <laughs> There's more to that story, and it wasn't – come on. 24-21, BYU wins that game. You, I mean, is there any way that BYU can do that against Boise State? I I'm, would not be surprised if BYU beats Boise State this week. They look – it's about turnovers. They look good enough. They're good enough defensively to keep them in a game. Yeah. They, and people say, they gave up 40 points last night. Hey, let's call it like it is. The offense gave up a bunch of points last night. Truth. Because they made the defense defend short fields. They gave up two pick sixes. The the offense gave up a bunch of points. Which last is why night. Kalani said at halftime, offense, don't screw it up. The right. defense can stop them. You lose two, like 288 yards of total offense. Um, if, if they hold Boise to 288 yards of total offense, now I think Boise's better than Utah State. So you're going to have to pick it up some. But it, it really is about managing turnover margin and, and taking care of the football. And maybe they come out and just pound the rock next week against Boise State. Let's end with this. BYU is playing Boise State and Mississippi State. The likelihood is that BYU will lose those games unless they really bring it in some way, which they can, but they'll need to do that. If BYU is 1-6, and six, they probably need to win the next six to be 7-6. and six. If you're 6-7... and seven, there's an APR. There's a we need some teams. Hey, we had five. There. We had five and seven teams go yes. last year. So chances are you getting into a bowl game, but maybe not. Is BYU going bowling if they go one and six? I say they do because I think we'll be like we were last year, where there won't be enough teams to fill it. And then you're just and, in. but BYU will have to win at least five games. Yeah, and of and the last six and the and the la- and the the back end of the schedule are against teams where BYU. No, they were last night. They should be physically dominating. They were physically dominating last night. And, and hopefully you have your over. first or second string right. quarterback playing. And, and you don't turn it over. I mean, minus six. I, when's the last time a BYU team was minus six? I didn't do the research. 2011 against Utah. They were minus six. Four to ten loss. Yeah, and they were minus six. And, and Utah was as good or better than they were physically that year. And so that's, that's why the even bigger margin. But, yeah, they, they will be better physically than the whole back end of that schedule. So if they can take care of the football, they should be able to go on a, on a roll. So it really is about, about ball security here moving forward. Now, ball security is not going to win them a game against Mississippi State. Ball security will keep them in the game against Boise State. 
and they could have a chance to win it. Mississippi State, they're going to have to not only have ball security, they're going to have to make Mississippi State get a little loose with the football. Yeah, be plus three. They're going to have to be plus three <laughs> to go down there. But then the rest of the schedule, they just need to be taking care of the football, and they, they should be able to win all of those games. Great Boy, stuff. Minus man. five in the 2011 game. Oh, minus five. It wasn't even minus So they were minus five in that game. It wasn't even minus six. So minus six is – is there a – have they ever been minus six? There's got to be some game at some point. Yeah, and I'm sure – I don't know. Paging Greg Rubel. Yeah, Greg Texas A&M, 1990 Holiday Bowl. Greg will find that for us. <laughs> Blaine, great stuff, man. We appreciate you coming Thanks, guys. in and uh, talking through this with us. They're physically okay. Mentally, boy, they need a mash unit right now mentally. Mm. What is your number one concern about BYU football right now? We will ask Steve Young that very question. And what are the chances BYU goes bowling this year? BYU Sports Station continues on Countdown to Conference. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere you feel like it. Subscribe and download the podcast, BYU Sports Nation, today via iTunes, TuneIn, and Google Play. There were 97,000 downloads and streams in August of the podcast. So party with us. We want Mo. We want 100K. That's what we want. Let's go. We just discussed the... Very interesting and, to be frank, dire quarterback situation for BYU approaching the Boise State showdown on Friday night, six days from now. Who will play quarterback for BYU? Kalani Satake was asked about that last night and specifically about the status of Tanner Mangum, his QB1, and redshirt slated Joe Critchlow. Who's the guy? Listen to this. We'll have to see what happens with Tanner, and then, um, you know, he, he's really anxious, wants to play this game for obvious reasons, and then, you know, we'll, we'll have to look at, at, at getting Joe Critchlow out of redshirt mode and get him ready to play and and, um, and then go from there. But that's, um, you know, there's only so many so only, so many snaps to practice, yeah. and we could have put, put Joe in there, but uh, just felt like it was unfair to him not, not knowing the entire package, not really being able to have all those snaps and those those uh, practice snaps. No mention of Coy Detmer in that statement. Or the conversation with him. By the way, that was on BYU Radio after the game. Joe Cr- Who is Joe Critchlow? You want to learn about Joe Critchlow? Franklin, Tennessee. The home of Paramore, by the way. I yes. love Paramore. Six foot four, 200 pound freshman from Franklin, Tennessee, went on his mission to Montreal. Kind of a, a, a two star guy, uh, originally committed to Vanderbilt uh, previous to a mission. They didn't want the whole mission thing. BYU picked him up uh, on signing day. Kind of nice ad. I, I've been hearing about Joe Critchlow, not only from Blaine, but from others on the staff. In that fact, he's been... three different SEC schools wanted Joe Critchlow. Nice. Okay. So well, why hasn't he played? BYU was wanted to redshirt him and use him later because they have a junior and a redshirt sophomore that were the first and second string. Not coming off of a mission. Not coming off of missions. Typically, you don't want to play those guys right away, but BYU's had to with Ulutolu Tau and Kairos Tonga and... You know, Matt Bushman is off of a mission from last year and whatnot. BYU's young. But Critchlow's the guy. In, in fact, he he might go against uh, Boise State even with mission legs. Kalani Sitake also said this last night. Yeah, I think that's what we're going to have to go to. You know, we're going to have to go. Th- I mean, he, he he's a capable receiver, uh, quarterback. It's just you we have a lot of guys that um, a year from a year from now a year ago they were all serving missions and 
you, you hate yeah. putting guys out there. Yeah. And you, you know, there's, there's still a lot of them not. I mean, Kairos Tonga is not in great shape, and neither is Ula. And I think that's just part of being a return missionary. But, uh, you know, we have to go to it, and we have to be smart with our guys, and that's just the way it works, you know, for, for what we're trying to accomplish this season and trying to get a win. It sounds like Joe Critchlow yeah. is the option for Boise State. After that, what is Tanner Mangum's status? Coy Detmer, perhaps, and maybe a few packages at the Wildcat for Austin Cofensis. Is there, is, is there a level of desperation where you put crazy. in a high school quarterback, Micah Simon, and anything? Like, a few years ago, Kainakua became kind of the third-string guy, just in case there was something really bad. They yeah, had During the whole there Taysom were packages Hill prepared situation. with Kainakua in practice. So, I'm, BYU may be at that level. I don't know. Austin Confences can kind of play that role a little bit. But dire times, like you said, uh, at quarterback for BYU. And it doesn't, it's not like you have UMass coming in this week. It's Boise State, man. I know they're down, but they're Boise State. They're still a tough team to beat. Plenty to be concerned with. And where does BYU Paul, fit Virginia? into? What'd you guys do? Making a bowl game. <laughs> Maybe that's on your concern radar along with the quarterback situation. In fact, let's find out and go to the Twitter machine. You got tweets. What's your number one concern about BYU football right now? At Meredith underscore Cody, keeping quarterbacks healthy. Amen. Hodge was finding his groove and the offense clicking. BYU was rolling until he went down. Need Tanner Mangum back now. Absolutely. Coming up, we'll read more of your tweets. But first, Steve Young joins us to discuss his concerns. Has he experienced anything like this? And what would he say to Ty Detmer? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Lynch and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. It is Countdown to Conference, special Saturday edition. The griddles are out. The bacon's frying right now. It's a great time. Smell it right now. (laughs) Bacon. Your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play continuing. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. There's only one place where Kalani Sitake hangs out for a full hour each week besides the student-athlete building. It is in Studio C on Tuesday nights at 8 Eastern with BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, hosted by Greg Bell. Check it out on BYU TV Tuesday night, 8 Eastern. What is your number one concern about BYU football right now at the BYU Fanatic with this tweet? Biggest concern? Depth. BYU has at quarterback and other key positions. It seemed like once a few guys went down, the game changed a lot. Oh, absolutely. Change quarterback changes a lot. It really does. And when you get to your third string, that's, that's tough times. Tough times. One of the all-time BYU quarterback greats, Super Bowl champion, and NFL Hall of Famer, Steve Young, joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline as part of our Countdown to Conference special. Steve, first and foremost, it's great to have you back with us on BYU Sports Nation. Always good to be with you guys. What are your biggest takeaways from BYU's loss at Utah State last night, Steve? It's super painful on a number of levels, obviously. Um, I thought it was pretty obvious that, uh, you know, there's a game that we should win and there's a team that we should beat and, you know, nothing against the Utah State fight and great job that they did. But there's a sense that, you know, when, you're, when you have a backup quarterback, and that team with Bowen when, when he started the game, the rest of the team, there has to be a sense of rally that everybody's really all realizes that our game has to be upped, especially defensively. And I, get, you know, you get the feel of that early on. It was like, okay, we're fine, 
but but everyone else, I mean, backup quarterback, yeah, even third string, yeah, okay, we get that. So now we even, you know, we, we close ranks even tighter, and we make sure, and we, you know, and it seems like, okay, the quarterback didn't play well. Get that. Turnovers. Everyone, you know, the running back's got to pick up the game. Defense's got to pick up the game. And if everyone would have done that, we would have been okay. But it seems like not only did we have backup quarterbacks and the third team quarterbacks, but then everyone else didn't play great, and that's when you really get in trouble. Yeah, and seven, seven turnovers certainly doesn't help. I want to rewind to 1982. You take over for Jim McMahon, who you could argue was the greatest, not just BYU, but college quarterback ever up to that point. So you start the season, you're a junior. You start one and two, including a loss to Utah State and Logan. How did you deal with that at that time in a somewhat similar situation? Yeah, <laughs> it was brutal. I mean, uh you you feel the weight of the world. You feel like, and remember, BYU. I mean, we were close to undefeated every year, and so you and we won the WAC every year, and we went to the Hollywood Bowl every year. And so, if you replace Jim McMahon, you know you can't because anything that goes wrong, it's your fault. I mean, even if it's not, it's your fault. And so, there's this tremendous pressure uh, to perform and to make sure that things go well and make it feel like as if Jim McMahon was there. And that's impossible to do as a, as a kid coming in and just kind of not knowing what you're doing. I remember thinking that, like, just move the ball. Don't, uh, don't, and don't be the reason you lose. That's why I tell every young quarterback, well, even in the NFL, backup quarterbacks, young you know, rookies, you know, your goal is to not be the reason that the team loses. And if you can be, you know, as long, look, if, you, if the team loses, but if you're not the reason, then you know we, we can live through that because that means you played okay. If you if you're the reason they win, that's a huge bonus. But do not be the perfect the person that takes away the opportunity for a really good team, a team that should win this game, and you took it away from them. And that was kind of the burden that you felt when you were playing, especially at those times. BYU and NFL Hall of Famer Steve Young with us on BYU Sports Nation. Steve, what would you say to Ty Detmer today, who was dealing with? multiple quarterback injuries, and his offense just isn't clicking right now. Yeah, and it never has been, right? It's been a, a season, you know, even with Tanner. Um, this concern doesn't be – This we've got to be honest. It's not a concern we have because we have backup quarterbacks. It's a concern we've had even with our quarterback. And so you really have to say to yourself, and I think after the LSU game especially, you said, well, we really didn't get anything done. It, you, everything's on the table now. Coaching, scheme talent, you know, what is exactly, you know, is it all of the above? We're, and we have to be very, very honest. And so and I think ties that way. That's very uh, self-effacing and someone who's, uh, 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 you know, he's, he's very much in his head. He's going to, he's going to think it through and try to figure out exactly what the problem is. And if it's him, I think he'll be the first one to tell you too. So I, I, I suspect that, uh, that he's going through kind of a, uh, a sense of self-evaluation to make sure that uh, that uh, whatever he, you know, if he's making mistakes, if he's not, if he's not, the scheme isn't right. If he's not doing the right things, then he can get those things fixed. And then, you know, if if it really is just the quarterback, and we just don't have the guy that can can go lead us, if that's truly what it is, and I don't know that it is, then then you can start to deal with it. But if there's more to it, let's get it fixed. And uh, uh, and a sense of urgency. I mean, you, you, you have some tough games against Utah and LSU. I get that. You get a week off and you come out and you get a lead. You know, 
we cannot we cannot turn the we, no one no one turns the ball over seven times. I did at Georgia <laughs> <laughs> in '82, right? <laughs> like nobody does it, but I did it. Like I know I, I get it. We we you know, but that was me. I, I, I turned the ball over six times. I mean, the team played great. I mean, we should have beaten Georgia. You know, we did beat them. It was the, remember they, they had the ball. Uh, uh, I remember it was driving rain the whole game, and I'd already made uh, Terry Hoga All American. He intercepted me five times, <laughs> and and he, he, he uh, I mean, they handed out. It was fourth. I want to say it was third and one down about the thirty yard line, and we were up. Uh, uh, I, I can't remember exactly the score. We were up a couple points, and uh, the the quarterback the ball shoots in the air from the snap, like so wet and rainy, and the ball shoots up in the air. And uh, and there's a big pileup on fourth down. Uh, it's like fourth and one. And all of a sudden, Herschel Walker's got the ball like two yards ahead. And I just remember the official going, first down, George. I'm like, okay, this is a, this is a, this is a, you know we got gotten on this one. <laughs> but that's after six. That's how well everyone rallied. I screwed up so bad. We even lost when everyone rallied. So uh, you know it 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 happened. It's brutal. Um, but the way the season's gone, this is not just a bad game with a, with a you know, a, a replacement quarterback. There's bigger things that at, 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 uh, that are happening that we need to be honest about. You had a 14-7 lead despite six interceptions at Georgia. That's pretty crazy. You might be the most famous backup in football history, obviously, with Joe Montana and whatnot. So now BYU has a situation where there's some rhetoric from Kalani Stocky after the game about Maybe the fourth-string Joe Critchlow, freshman off of a mission, might be the guy. Give us an idea of what it's like to be a backup and then prepare knowing, okay, this week I'm the guy. Things change. <laughs> it really is. The, I mean, it's about the person, too. Some guys, I don't know that I was a great backup, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, 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 Your book revealed that. I, 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 just, kinda, I just wasn't, um, and I think I was in my head a lot, too. And, I mean, that that's. You know, I got that in the book too, and I don't, a great backup is like a great pinch hitter. Like get the bat, start swinging, and just let it rip. You know what I mean? And 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 so you know if if Critchlow's that kind, of, I mean you, you just know the personality because some guys are just they're ready to just yeah I'm ready and you know I'll, I'll do a good job and you know I'm not going to get overwrought about it and and uh, you you need somebody <laughs> you need somebody like that and I I, I mean Coy was. Certainly, you know he he was letting a rep. I got to give him credit. You know, one of the things about backups is you don't want to, you know, again, you don't want to be the reason they lose, and that's what that's kind of what happened. But you also can't just sit there. And so there's like this fine line as a as a backup because you got to move the ball. You can't go three and out, three and out. Oh, sorry, you know, you've got the ball's got to go. And so because you don't know what you're doing, mostly, you you just come up with stuff. You just do it. You just make it happen. And to me, the the great uh, the great backups are the guys that just get the ball moving, and even if with their legs and that's not really efficient, it's not perfect, but the ball's moving and they give some offense some confidence. Defense gets a rest, everybody can kind of rally. You know, backup quarterback is really about just not being perfect, but getting the ball moving too. Steve, we needed this today. We appreciate you joining us for our uh, group therapy session on BYU Sports <laughs> Nation. I was all my buddies, you know, all of us that played back in the day. You know, we have group texts, and we all, you know, we're just dying yesterday. It's brutal. So we got to rally. We have got to rally, boys. We've got to get this thing on track. Absolutely. Hey, enjoy conference weekend, Steve. We'll talk to you again okay. soon. Thanks, you too. Steve. See you guys. Bye-bye. 
Steve Young on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Great insight as to what it's like to be a backup and then uh, get involved there. And there are bigger issues than just the quarterback. But BYU needs to be honest. Wow. Who gets the shout-out after last night? Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big thanks to today's guests, a couple of quarterbacks at BYU, Blaine Fowler and Steve Young. Fantastic insight from both of them on the current state of BYU football, where the biggest concerns are, and what has to happen now. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NFL. Talked a lot about uh, BYU football today. Uh, let's talk about Cougars in the NFL. NFL insider Adam Schefter tweeted Jamal Williams' MRI results came back negative. No ligament damage, purely muscular. At most, he will miss one game. Yes, other Cougars in action. Kyle Vannoy, Harvey Longy, and the Patriots against the Panthers. Taysom Hill and the Saints play John Denny's Miami Dolphins. Bronson Kafusi and the Ravens play the Steelers. And Kai Nakua, Jordan Leslie, and the Cleveland Browns take on the Bengals. Soccer. Cougars lost their WCC opener to San Diego. It was the Cougars' first home conference loss since 2011. Volleyball. Ninth-ranked BYU plays at 17th-ranked San Diego this afternoon. Good luck, ladies. 3 p.m. Eastern. Cross-country. Men's cross-country took first place, and the women's cross-country team took third at the Bill Dellinger Invitational yesterday. That is a big-time meet. Nice performance from the Cougars. Today's Rise and Shout. Brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help, and you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Goes to everyone in their pajamas right now at home cooking pancakes and eggs and bacon and sausage. Save us a plate, baby. What is your number one concern about BYU football right now? Our elite tweet of the day from at the BYU Fanatic. Biggest concern is depth we have at quarterback and other key positions. Seemed like once a few guys went down, the game changed a lot. Get better, Bo. Get better, Tanner. Uh, conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. Shows on demand, BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Elder S. Gifford Nielsen and Tom Young, the last fourth string quarterback to start for BYU. Enjoy LDS General Conference, which starts on BYU TV now.